Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Stefania Bell and Field Yates. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico to see all the ways that you could save. Guys, we have a huge show in front of us today. We've got a massive injury report. We've got Mm -hmm. Thursday Night Football. We've Mm -hmm. got our part two of our week four preview. Field and I did part one yesterday on Mm -hmm. Thursday's show. So go check that out if you have not listened to it. But first and foremost... Guys, how was your Thursday night? <laughs> Not as good as yours. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, I noticed that you're yours. wearing a hoodie. Oh, yeah, I am wearing a hoodie. Yeah. What's on the hoodie? Uh, it's a, there's a Lions, uh, oh, there's a Lions, Lions logo. And you're also underneath. wearing a jersey over that. Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, my, my dude Hutch. He, he's uh, pretty good at football field. He is. Um, do you thank your lucky stars? Is that the right Every phrasing and terminology day for that man? For the <laughs> fact that he did not go number one overall last year, it's we need a thirty for thirty on why <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson was not the first pick of the twenty twenty two NFL draft. That guy is a freak show, and he is the perfect Detroit Lions. So great for the Detroit Lions! I cannot wait to be able to see what this guy's career is going to look like in Detroit. Probably like I don't know JJ Watt light maybe. I, I don't know this that. pace. Who knows? The guy is an absolute fantastic force. For the guy is unreal. So uh, that was a lot of fun. We'll talk about this Thursday night football game, and obviously our buddy Mike Clay will join us a little bit later in the show. But first and foremost, Stefania Bell, you set us up for everything that we need on this show. <laughs> you give us the injury report uh-huh. to decide what we need to do with our yeah. roster. So let's start here. Flattery will get you everywhere. In week four, <laughs> Stefania, we have not had Austin Eckler as fantasy managers because of an ankle injury. We've wanted to see him out there. Instead, we've had to roll out there with <laughs> Joshua Kelly. Yeah. And it's not been it great. Been pretty. Any chance that we see Austin Eckler on the field here in week four? It's always a chance. You know, you mentioned he was injured in week one. He was out weeks two and three dealing with a right high ankle sprain, something Austin Eckler has never had to manage before. So he has acknowledged that he's had to be patient. It's a learning process for him. But you look, you do see the progress being made. Last week, he was watching practice. This week, he's participating in it. And Chris Rim, who covers the Chargers for us, said that Austin Eckler told him he can run full speed straight ahead. But the things he's still having trouble with are cutting and turning. So he started introducing curved running this week, and you can see that in some of the individual drills that he was working on. But I think maybe the most important nugget came from Austin, Austin Eckler himself, himself yep. who posted a tweet yesterday. Oh, can I read it? it must. Oh, oh no. here we go. That wasn't Look, the one that I was thinking of. Well, this is the one that I cared about because, number one, he's shown us a little bit of that curved running. Now, granted, the right ankle is the one that's up in the air. So we're not watching him push off on that. And you can spot a little brace under the sock, yeah. uh, which you would expect at this stage. But he put the emoji of the stock rising. And ah. I love to see that because, you know, he's still... Plays for a team. He can't give information away, but he's very good at hinting. And here's the reason it matters. The Chargers have a bye in week five. And I think people just assume, well, they're going to keep him out through the bye because that's what you do. You buy an extra week. That's not how Austin Eckler's wired. And the Chargers are not going to sit him just to sit him. Mm. You can flip this and say, hey, the other way of looking at it is that they have a bye next week. So if he plays and does okay, but needs a break after that, then he will have the rest and recovery. So uh, I think Friday will tell us a lot. 
when they get through Friday practice, but it is a possibility. Doors open. The only thing that I have to add to this conversation, because people know how I feel on Josh Kelly, if yep. he is the starting running back, he would not be a running back on my fantasy roster this week, is that I, too, went to Austin Eckler's Twitter account yesterday looking for some sort of context clue. And the first tweet that I came across was, this is from Austin Eckler. Does anyone have experience building yeah. out an online course? Yeah. I wasn't sure what that meant for fantasy football, and I do not have experience building out an online course. Oh, he got a lot of responses because I looked. I was like, oh, oh okay. He's okay. Yeah. This information. All right. What All is right. he going to teach us? But I'd um, love to How to return from up. a high ankle injury yeah, or a high yeah, ankle yeah, sprain yeah. in three Look, weeks, opposed to four or five. I'm signing up. I will yeah, take a master go. class from Austin Eckler every mm-hmm. single day of the week. All right, Stefania, let's talk about Saquon Barkley, also been dealing with an ankle injury and. Someone that is playing on Monday Night Football, which always throws a little wrench into our plans. Yeah, so this one was interesting because he gets injured in week two. And there was discussion about whether this was a high ankle sprain or, as Adam Schefter had reported, a source telling him that it was an ordinary sprain. A lot of discussion after that. But the bottom line was that the Giants played on Thursday night. And so there was not going to be a scenario where he was going to make it back regardless because there was just not enough time. Now, that Thursday night game... Mm. He also revealed that he was, in fact, dealing with a high ankle sprain. And we talked about why it can not be defined as a high ankle sprain based on imaging, but you can still have the symptoms. You can still have the mechanism of injury that would precede a high ankle injury. Saquon also pointed out that this was not as severe as it could have been. So you have to remember that the spectrum for time to return has a lot to do with severity. Now, on average, and this information comes from my friends at thepredictors.com who have looked at this data over 10 years, on average, running back return is 3.8 games. But that is the spectrum of severity. So could he potentially return to a Monday night football game, which buys him an extra day Mm -hmm. uh, this coming week? Yes, it's possible. They had him in practice. Uh, Brian Dable said they were watching how he was moving around in practice to get a look at it because it's a Monday night game. One practice report doesn't tell us enough, so stay sure. tuned Friday and Saturday, but there's a possibility that we see Saquon, too. Obviously, if he plays, you're playing him. I have Matt Breida right now ranked as RB31. That is operating under the idea that Saquon will not play. Yep. All right, Stefania, Miles Sanders dealing with a groin injury. Mm-hmm. Ah, my finger. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. a little throwback yeah, reference. Throwback. Appreciate that. Look, he had this in the preseason. There, do you remember that in the preseason he had a groin issue and yeah. it was kind of discussed up until week one. It's why we did not see him play in the preseason. Yep. He did, in fact, play. He played through a pec injury last week. I think the fact that he was in practice Wednesday, Thursday, even though limited, I think that's encouraging. Stay tuned, but looks like he'll be okay. Love that. And the passing game usually he's getting. All right, let's talk about Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, both of these 49ers, because there's always multiple 49ers on this injury report, Stefania. Yeah, but yet... What's our record? Anyway, Brandon Ayuk injured his shoulder and missed week three as a result. Back in practice Monday, I think the feeling around there is that he is going to be uh, good to go. I expect him to play. He was not in a non-contact jersey anymore as of Thursday's practice. And then Debo dealing with ribs and a knee issue. Now, we knew about the ribs. Remember late in the game, he it looked like he fell on the ball. He later said he got the wind knocked out of him, but he is listed on the injury report because of his ribs. Also a knee issue. Has not practiced 
But it sounds like he could practice Friday. And Kyle Shanahan on his radio appearance on KMBR said he expected him to be listed as questionable and then said, you know, we we can't say that yet until it gets to Friday. But it sounds like the door is open for Debo if he's okay to play. He's a guy they would allow him to play. Interesting. All right. Obviously, like you said, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. So that's a really nice matchup for the 49ers. Do not forget that George Kittle absolutely owns the Arizona Cardinals. So for some (laughs) reason, Debo is unavailable. Only more stock up for George Kittle. That's right. All right. And Deshaun Watson taking on Baltimore. Stefania, he's got an injury to his throwing shoulder. Tell us more about this. Yeah, you, it's definitely more of a concern, right? When you're a quarterback yeah. and it's your throwing shoulder, apparently took a big hit in the Titans game to that shoulder while he was running. Uh, limited in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Why does this matter? Because Deshaun Watson has not been performing up to par. But a couple stats from week three. He completed 82% of his passes, the second best of his career. He also had the most air yards of any completion since joining the Browns. A 40-yard touchdown to Amari Cooper, according to ESPN Stats and Info. If his shoulder is bothering him... I don't necessarily expect him to look the same. Now, I think he's set to play, but it's definitely something to watch. Definitely something to look out for as a part of that field. We have him ranked as someone that is kind of like a streamer at this point anyway. So this throws a little bit of doubt in there, but definitely something to look forward to. Not look forward to. I think people are still sort of hitching their wagon to Deshaun. Like you either said, yes, I'm going to play him and he's going to be my starter. Or you said, I'm out of the business of Deshaun Watson. Last week, I kept you afloat for one more week. And this is not exactly the week where there are a bunch of obvious quarterbacks streaming options. Yep, you are right about that. All right, we got two quick concussion updates. Stefania, we've not seen Jalen Waddle. In spite of the fact that the Dolphins scored 70 points last week, he was yeah. not a part of that game. Any chance that we will have him here against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, so the reporting slightly different for the two players we're going to talk about. Jalen Waddle cleared the concussion protocol. That's how it was reported. So the expectation is that he is going to play. There's always the window, potential mm. for a setback, but it sounds like Jalen Waddle will play. Anthony Richardson, the other player we want to talk about here, the quarterback for the Colts, back at practice and also full participation Wednesday and Thursday, which is a really good sign, but sounds like still needs to get the independent uh, neurological consultant clearance to be actually cleared to play, but everything trending upward for Anthony Richardson. Okay. With that being said, Field, if Anthony Richardson is out there, I'm starting him this week. So am I. I would love to see him back there on the field. They play the Rams on Sunday. I also would love to see Richardson start and finish a game, which uh, despite all the brilliance he's shown in the first five quarters of his career, he has not started and finished the game yet for the Colts. And the the injury happened on a touchdown run. It did, yes. Gets the center Ryan Kelly back, too. Yep. All right. Good news there for the Colts' young offense and Anthony Richardson specifically. Thank you so much, Stefania. Can't wait to have you back. Brilliant work, as always. What else is new? All I have right. a question. We have, have a question, an important question. Go ahead, Field. Geico asks, Sure. how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love it. Of course you would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all things in your life, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico Bubble app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Football. Uh, my name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Mike Clay now and Field Jates. Mike, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, I feel like you almost said I'm Mike Clay. I almost did. Me and yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. And that's just what happened. <laughs> yes. That's, and that's, that's cool. With that's me. one of those I things. That. I'm yeah. honored. I'm honored. I feel Hi, like that's the way to introduce somebody. Hey, fact or fiction? 
The team that you root for has more wins than the team that Daniel roots for. Uh, that is, they're equal, right? Or no? No. That a, no. They're uh, equal, yes. Oh, yeah, you are right. Yes, they are. Oh, yes. Yes. Right now, it's I mean, unless you're watching uh-huh. this on, like, Tuesday because you DVR'd it on Friday <laughs> and the Eagles win, yeah, they are tied. Alert. Gosh. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh. oh, spoiler alert on the Eagles win. They're winning? People go back and watch the show. Now. I don't know I'm what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football because the Detroit Lions looked fantastic. I tweeted this out. They put on a clinic, at least in the first half in Lambeau. They looked really good, especially... One guy on the ground, David Montgomery, coming yeah. back from that thigh injury. 32 carries, 121 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. Plus, he got two passes in the passing game. Total of 34.1 fantasy Mike points. Mike is shaking his head right now. What's wrong that's with that, just, Mike? That's a huge number. 32 carries. I mean, unbelievable. That is, that's 34 a number opportunities. We don't see often. It's massive yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, you don't see 30-plus carries in the NFL uh, very often. Especially it's very rare. Yeah. yeah, played 70% of the snaps. Big edge and snaps over Jameer Gibbs, who played 38%. Uh, and we talked about this last week. This is the expectation. As soon as there were reports Montgomery may play in this game, he's the better fantasy option. And and here we are. So uh, yeah, they've told us they've they put it they've they've put it on the board. They've, they've told, told us. Who they've shown us exactly is. how they yeah. want to run this. Yeah. Yep. Before the show, Dan and I were going back and forth and wondering. I think if you're a Jameer Gibbs manager, what you're asking yourself right now is, will it get better? And I'm at the point now. The sample size is representative enough mm-hmm. in two different ways that I'm not totally convinced this is definitely going to get better. We saw Jameer Gibbs have a role in which he was the guy for this Mm -hmm. Detroit Lions offense, right? What did he do? 17 carries, 80 yards, and one catch. He has been the counterpunch in three out of the four games, and Mm -hmm. it's very clear that David Montgomery is going to get the much more meaningful work at the goal line, and Gibbs is going to get some, but not a ton, of passing game utilization. If you have Jameer Gibbs right now, I think you are a bit nervous that the ceiling may be a lot lower than we expected for a guy who was the best pass-catching running back, or at least tied with B. John Robinson, coming into the draft this year. I agree. I think what we needed to see was last week when Montgomery was out, Gibbs have like a DeAndre Swift-like game where he had a ton mm-hmm. of big workload and was super productive and kind of forced his way into a larger uh, share of the backfield, and yep. that did not happen for him, and he reverted right back to that role. So he's going to have his ups and downs. He's going to score some touchdowns. Remember, DeAndre Swift in a similar role to this scored seven-plus touchdowns every year of his Lions career. Yep. So there's going to be opportunities behind that line for him to be productive, but definitely off to a much slower start than we hoped for. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be end up, like he's more of a top 25 to 30 running back as opposed to a top yeah, 15 like a or 20 now. running back. Yep. He's like a totally flex agree. he's yeah. certainly not a lineup block. Yep. Lions only threw the football eight times in the second half as they just ran it down their throats with totally. David Montgomery I mean, They ground controlled the heck out of that game. Super impressive. Mm-hmm. We yes, know what the did. formula, this Lions team has... Here's what I, I respect a ton about this team right now, but I like the fact that they have a vision of who they want to be. Yep. They've assembled the right mm-hmm. personnel to do it, and they exert their will over you. They're less nervous about Jameer Gibbs than we are as fantasy managers as well, by the way. They're going to figure yeah. it out. But for us in fantasy, it's like, wait a minute. We want to see more usage out of this kid. Yeah, I promise totally. you the Lions are not thinking that same yep. thing. They're yep. happy. Yeah, I, I hear you. What was incredible, too, about this game is maybe the first three plays by any team this season, <laughs> the first three offensive plays, a lost they lost yards. Yep. They lost yards. And then he threw interception. The interception. I, know. I was like, oh, and then this the Packers didn't look scored. It's like, yep, uh, totally. got a field goal. And then they just dominated after that. Yeah. Packers just- did not look good. Jordan Love didn't look fantastic in spite of the fact that you put up 16, 17.6 fantasy points. I don't know points. how he did it. Didn't I mean, feel it good. Basically all came in the second half. The Packers had 20 total yards of offense in the mm-hmm. first half. Jordan Love, though, continues to find a way sort of by hook or by crook to borrow an old Matthew line to maybe float onto that streaming radar. I do have still have some reservations, though, because it was so ugly in the first half. And if that is the kind of offense they're going to play on occasion, 
could be tough for him to continue to deliver these near 18-point efforts like he gave you last night after back-to-back-to-back 20-plus efforts in the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, Yeah. I think when that defense is healthier, it's going to keep them competitive enough that it's not going to be garbage time all season. You know what, though? But is that defense, over the past few years, has any defense been, what's the expression like, the sum is, or what's the whole is greater than the sum of his parts. Yeah. The Packers are the opposite of that, right? Like on paper, this is a good, a good competitive defense. And yet I feel like they just have not dominated in the way that their talent suggests. I know that no Jair Alexander last night. Yeah. There's been Campbell obviously other out. injuries uh, yeah, as well. They're missing but, their top two corners. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I'm I just saying it just feels like they haven't been nearly as dominant as the talent suggests. That's fair. I mean, be. just, my, I think my point is when they do have those guys healthy, that's two of their best defensive players sure, that were out. Sure. No, really three. Well, yeah. say what you want about Stokes, but yeah. Potentially very good. Uh, you know, I think it'll just keep them at least closer in games. I don't think they'd get blown out quite that much. Let me spend the rest of the time we have on this game to own it. Guys, last night, someone tweeted at several of us and said, like, hey, I know it's going to happen. If I start Aaron Jones, he's going to have five carries for seven yards and then get hurt. If I sit him, he's going to go off. Daniel and I both interacted with the tweet. I replied and said, hey, start him. He's going to score a touchdown. Come back to me and reply to this tweet once you see it. I was wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. Not only did he barely play, he barely produced at all. I think he gets you like 1.4 fantasy points. My bad to that person. My bad to everybody else that may have uh, started Aaron Jones last night. Uh, I started him if it makes you feel any better. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, terrible night for the Packers offense. And Aaron Jones did not look like a good player who was anywhere close to 100% full health last night. They barely utilized him in the second. Yeah, half. I saw the tweets replying. They were very critical of you. And I liked all. I liked them all. I just kept it like, like, like. I was like, him. Get him. All right. Mike is off the podcast forever. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dopp here with Mike Clay and Field Jays. We are diving into our week four preview part two. In case you did not watch or listen to part one, go ahead and check it out. It has came up from our Thursday show, Field and I diving into a bunch of things. This part is brought to you by Geico. Switch Geico see all the ways that you could save Mike. Mm. We are talking about this New Orleans-Tampa Bay game, and Field and I were talking about this before the show. Yeah, If there was one thing that feels like it is like the poster child for the shadow report mm-hmm. it would be a photo of mike evans and marshawn Lattimore, and call. that's what we get to see again here this week what is the expectation for mike evans because he's looked really good through the first three weeks with baker yeah in the nfl there's so many things that change every year trades injuries personnel retirement jones uh, touchdown output exactly <laughs> it's just nonstop. uh it's rare that we're talking about the 11th time that uh, Marshawn Lattimore is going to shadow Mike Evans. Wow. He's been around yeah. 11th time. Two stalwarts. That's very rare. Yeah, that, that is, that's got to yeah. be up there as one of one of the uh, the top one-on-ones of the last decade or so, certainly since I've been doing this. So uh, the plus for Mike Evans and why you cannot bench him, I'll get into the matchup in one second, is that he is a 31% target share this season. That is a career high, believe it or not. Yeah, he's, great. he's getting him the ball a ton. He's been productive over 100 air yards in every game. So despite what I'm about to say, it's going to be really hard to bench him. Okay. That said, 13 career games against the Saints since uh, Latimer was drafted. He shattered him in 10 of those 13 games. He was out for two of them. Mike Evans in those games, all the, counting all 13, averaging 5.3 targets, 2.8 catches, 48 yards, Four total touchdowns during the span, so one basically every three games. 9.6 fantasy points per game. In all his other career games, he's averaging around 14.5 fantasy points per game. He's been under 13 fantasy points in 12 of the 13. The last exception was 2018. That was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, he has had his number. I mean, just Evans has not had a good game against Lattimore in... Five years. I was gonna He's say, very personal too. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a, oh, I didn't even mention that part. Fight this weekend too. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what these I was guys hate be. each other. Yeah, maybe they respect each other, but they also hate each other. 
yeah, so you're saying, yeah. but you know, all that data that you provided us with, we still all have him as a top 20 play because he's been so dominant this yep. year. Yeah. Is, I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it's a really tough one. If you're sitting there staring at your lineup and you're like, wait, I'm going to pull a guy who has a touchdown it's in tough. each of the first three games. Marshawn Lattimore is the truth, but that will be a hard thing for me to do as well. Unless I had an unbelievable option sitting there waiting to replace Mike Evans. Yeah. I've got him as a top 20 play as well. I, I, I'm with you. I think that if not for this matchup, we'd be talking about him in the top 10 right now because yes. that's the level he's been he's at. Been but I'm, he's down in yeah. the, I have him 19th this week after removing Thursday night guys. So, uh, you know what about, and, and by the way, you mentioned this. I didn't, I didn't mention it yet, but uh, the last time they faced off was last year. They both got ejected for starting a brawl and Mike yes. Evans was suspended <laughs> for a game. That's the last time they played because Lattimore was out for the second meeting between these two teams last season. So this will be this is gonna be big. This I be actually big play in a league where you get points if your player gets ejected. So I won my that league. Was, well, I, I won my field. week that week was because Mike Evans. Both guys. I both guys. Yes, wow, it's a 125 huge. point bonus if both of them get ejected. That's awesome. You get a 300-point bonus. So, yes, I am rooting for the Brawl So, this suspensions, weekend. too? Do you get those? Like, uh, no, those, yeah, that's like a stat correction. You get it after the okay. fact. Okay. Yeah, of course. It's that's impossible, awesome. though. Well, it's almost impossible to bench a guy that's getting a 30% target share. Like, Is it impossible no, to bench his teammate, though? Ooh, that's a great question Ooh. because we have not seen it from Chris Godwin yet. But if we're going to see that shadow from Marshawn Lattimore, do we just get targets funneled to Chris Godwin here, Mike? Yeah, this is tough because the Saints are uh, pretty good defensively overall as well. But yeah, if you expect Evans' targets to be down, presumably they would go toward Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. But it's been a struggle this year. You have to clear 58 yards or yeah. 11 fantasy points in a single game this season. Targets that. are down. His target share is actually similar similar to last year. Yeah. But we talked about this in the offseason. That target share has to go up because it's not a Tom Brady high-volume offense that's going to set an NFL record for completions. Right. His targets are down from 9.5 to 6.3. That is a Three targets per game wow. is massive. So uh, I don't think Godwin is a lineup lock at this point. I have him just outside my top 30, though, so he's certainly a flex option. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with like these fantasy no-man's land, no man's land players. Where mm-hmm. it's, But I think Chris Godwin has graduated from there, right? Because we're now three weeks into the season. The target share, even as Mike says, is fine, but the target total is low enough where I think Chris Godwin is the kind of player that should earn his way back into your lineup, so to speak, rather than starting him again this week. This is a tricky one, though, because it has nothing to do with Chris Godwin. I don't think anything's changed in the skill set of Chris Godwin, Mm -hmm. who makes $20 million a year, Mm -hmm. and he's worth every penny of it, right? It's just the offense is functioning a certain way right now that is not lending itself Mm -hmm. at all to Chris Godwin. It's sometimes how I feel about Terry McLaurin, where it's like, I know this player rules. I also know that he may be better in real life than he is in fantasy football right now, and it feels like Chris Godwin has entered that territory for the Bucs. I've got him as wide receiver 32 this week. Mm Mm-hmm doesn't feel good i would love to be able to feel more confident in chris godwin but at least in this situation i'm hoping that if they are focused on or at least if marshawn Lattimore is focused there that we're going to get a little bit more chris godwin we'll see how that works out if we don't see him though we have been getting a ton of volume field from rashad white i understand that fantasy managers maybe want to not feel great because they want either more passing game usage they want to see him get in the end zone but he's getting work he is getting work but he is right now like he's the predictable running back because he's going to play all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's playing like, he's not Kyron Williams, he's but he's playing touches, a though. ton of snaps, he's up there. tons of targets. He's had two bad matchups and one good matchup. He crushed in the good matchup and he was not great in two bad matchups. I do not think it's a great matchup this week, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to move for Shad White much lower than running back 21 because he's playing basically every snap and getting like 80% of the running back touches, Mike. 
I agree 100%. Again, fourth in touches, 20th in fantasy points. So uh, something has to give at some point. If the well, volume Todd continues. Todd talked about this a little bit this week. You see what he said or no? no go ahead. Todd Bowles, our head coach, talked about how he's got to stop trying to hit as many home runs, Rashad White. Uh-huh. Maybe just you like take often. what the line blocks for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that will result in like you know, an extra half yard per carry for Rashad White. I don't yeah. think it's going to make him all of a yeah. sudden like the NFL's leading rusher mm-hmm. or the most efficient player, but it might over the course of the season account for like a small uptick in overall production. Yeah. You know what that makes me think though, is like if they're telling him that and that doesn't happen, then get Sean Tucker on the end of your yeah, bench because maybe they yeah. start to spread it out. Maybe they give him the hook at some point, <laughs> change it to someone else. I think that's possible. If they're getting nothing out of the, your run game, you, you change it up. I don't know if he's going to look, if, if he continues to produce at this level and is averaging 3.2 yards per carry in week seven, I don't think there's going to keep doing that the whole season. Do you? I mean, usually, I don't, I don't, usually I don't know. They I mean, I, yeah. yes, you're right. Most of the time a team would move on. I don't know who they move on to, though. Like, Sean Tucker is I fine. get a look. Yeah, he's getting run. Our, I mean, he's undrafted, and right. he's second he's in line fine. already I getting know, run. I know. Our producer, Jackson, is going to be screaming mm-hmm. in my ear right now and tell me he is basically, like, the second coming of Barry <laughs> yeah. Sanders. Yep. Adrian Peterson. He yeah. also went to Syracuse. But, yeah, no, I just, I feel like this is still, I feel like Rashad White's leash is longer than a player with his level of efficiency right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. I'm wrong. Look, I... I'm, I hear you. I have him on a few teams. I Do you like want to him crank as a, up the yeah. Leonard Fournette rumors to Tampa Bay again? Stop. Stop. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. What else can we do here? Yeah. J- Derek Henry. Yeah. Who else can we put on this team? Yeah. Still uh, the shakiest yeah. backfield in and the then, NFL uh, boss man? Or is there another wow. one? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my mentions over here on Twitter, which is open up. People are still just peppering me. I have to watch what I say about Rashad White. He's probably watching. All right. Let's talk about the other side of that game because it sounds like we're going to have Jameis Winston under center field, Mm -hmm. understanding that we're going to have that. We kind of talked about it a little bit after the game on Monday when we did our recap. If you have Jameis under center rather than Derek Carr, how much does that change how you're looking at these pass catchers? Not a whole lot. I've got Chris Olave as wide receiver 10 this week. He's been brilliant so far this season, pacing for over 1,700 yards, Mm -hmm. 120 catches and 1,700 yards. Now, zero touchdowns, which is very Deontay Johnson of him. That's going to change at some point, perhaps as soon as this week. This Buck secondary has been hit by injuries hard so far this season. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver 10 for me, uh, Jameis Winston, on the short list for best backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, I'll just add that you mentioned the no touchdowns. He is 12th in expected touchdowns. So he's had opportunity. It's just been bad luck so far. Once that changes... The hype on Olave is going to go through the roof. It's been quiet so far for the most part, but yeah. there's a lot to be optimistic about. In fact, this might be the final chance. If there's a window, maybe they get a little discount Buy on him in the trade. Chris Olave. This is probably your last chance. Not off my team. Um, do you uh, know where Deontay Johnson ranked in expected touchdowns last year? <laughs> uh, he had like four expected. Yeah, he was up. He was up higher than you'd probably think. Maybe 20th or something. At really? Yeah. God, that makes yeah, me just that much more good. sad about it. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel good. Mike, we are going to see Alvin Kamara for the first time here in the season. Taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, how do you expect he's going to look against this Tampa Bay rush defense? Uh, I think that uh, just that the involvement in the passing game is enough that he should be in your lineup. I think okay. you, you drafted him for, look, if you drafted him at his ADP, you mm-hmm. drafted him with the expectation that come week four, he would be in your lineup. There's nothing about this backfield that suggests we should be worried about workload. Jamal Williams is on IR. Correct. Trey Miller has played one game in the league. It should be Kamara at least, what, uh, 12 to 15 touches is probably worst case scenario. 
start him. More than anything, that what I'm focused on, because I am also starting Alvin Kamara. He's inside my top sure. 20 for running backs. But more than anything, what I care about is what the passing game utilization looks like. I think we believed that the addition of Derek Carr would probably help it revert back to where it was during the Drew Brees days where Kamara started his career with 81, 81, 81, and then 83 catches in his first four seasons. We have seen life with Jameis Winston. It has not been terrible. We're not talking about Derrick Henry in terms of the passing game utilization, but been more like 50 to 55 catches per season. If Kamara pushes for six or seven targets per game, he could definitely reestablish himself as a top 10 or 12 running back every week in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have him locked into my lineup this week. You know who I don't have locked into my lineup this week, though, Fields? Who's that? Justin Fields. Who does? I mean, who would, who would who ever would do that? I'm him? not sure who would. Field, give me your, like, when your breakdown and mm. when you're looking at why you would or wouldn't start Justin Fields this week, why are you approaching him the way that you are? Uh, I'm not starting because I watch football. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a Wait good a one. minute. They I know do. Mike Scout's box score. You can only. watch them? I thought you can only... <laughs> I only look at the snap counts in the box score. That's you, all. You're telling me there's footage of the game? There's, there is actual, actual footage. footage. I have a guy. This changes everything. I have a guy, and he helps me out. His name yeah. is Scott Hansen. That's ah, what it is. Yes. Okay. We yeah. hang out for seven hours every Sunday. Okay. We don't watch commercials. Right. We just watch ball. We just watch. All right. So you. So I, what I'm hearing is you watch the Bears games. Right. And that's it? You don't watch the Broncos defense? You, you didn't catch that game? You um, that game I week? watched them in week one. All right, so they gave up a lot of points. I don't think game. anyone saw the Broncos defense <laughs> last say, week. Like, <laughs> what it's worth. That's kind of my point. I think Justin oh, Fields man. is good enough to just run a 40-yard dash around <clears> the field in the end so. zone against this Denver defense that allowed 70 points last week to the Dolphins, and that's my justification here. I'm giving him another week. This is a guy we ranked as a mid-range QB1. He's an elite matchup. He's still adding value with his legs. He has good targets around him. I know it's been a mess out of the gate. If it's a disaster against this defense, I will change my tune for sure on this situation. But they play next Thursday up. night as well. So yep. if it's a All disaster, right. I believe who it'll is be it, a the, quick uh, hook. Commanders next Thursday night. I don't know. Making that up. I feel like the Bears do play next Thursday night. But just to be clear, people, we do have a board bet on this game. Daniel and I uh, have him outside the top 11. Mike has him inside the top 11. If he is quarterback 11, we push. And Mike owes Daniel and I a steak dinner. That's right. right. All right. Deal. Uh, Look, they get 21 points to uh, Sam Howell as well on top of this. I think Fields can get there. If you think Fields can get there, do you think that DJ Moore can get there as well? Or do you think this is Fields using his legs to be able to do that? I have him 34th. He's his top target. He could certainly be in lineups this week as a flex option. He has one good game. Game, two duds last week it was garbage time that helped him out is he's going to see some Patrick Sertan in this game but again if they're able to score a lot of points against a poor right. defense it's a good spot here for me are you Sertan of that I am feeling certain <laughs> Sertan comedy podcast number two all right here on fantasy <sighs> focus football field shades and Mike Clay and Daniel Dot making our way through the hydrating sorry guys that's nothing wrong yeah. with that our week four preview part two guys how are you approaching these Miami running backs field I watched them score I don't know about 90 fantasy points last you week know, yeah. what defense did they face uh, I don't you know, know. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna call Not uh, a defense. Vance Joseph the Broncos defensive coordinator and say hey so Vance what did you do last week against the Dolphins and then do the exact opposite of that <laughs> Wait, is that kind of what Sean Payton said? Hold on, wait a minute. Is that a Sean Payton joke? Because that's kind of what he said. Hold on. (laughs) What? Did Vance Joseph, was he facing the Dolphins running backs in fantasy last week? Uh, No, no. Did he start them? Was Vance like, he was you know what? Point six percent. This started. I'm going to grab Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan and just start them both against us. That would be wild. Um, mm-hmm. how, here's how I'm approaching them. You have to start Raheem Mostert. Like, uh, the numbers are obviously been off the charts great. He's the highest scoring running back in fantasy. It's the most difficult matchup. Well, it's one of the more difficult. I guess they've only played four games. 
it's not an easy matchup. That's what I was trying to say against the mm, Buffalo yeah, the Bills, Bills yeah. but not starting Raheem Mostert. How could you possibly do that? As far as A-Chan goes, I am doing so because of the fear of him going off again and me having him on my bench. I've got him as running back 25, so it's not a lock it in for every single team. But as we saw last week with Devon A-Chan, he needs just one play to take it the distance. He needs just 18 plays to score four touchdowns. So A-Chan certainly on the radar this week. Um, I'm, I'm bracing for the possibility, though, that he plays 20 snaps on Sunday and has you know eight fantasy points. That would not totally surprise me yeah uh running back and i mean you could say it's about all of fantasy but especially running back is just chaos and you could see that because these are two top five scoring running backs and we're like should we start them are they lined yes, up blocks? are right, they correct like, is That's the wild. number one scoring running back even in our top 10 no yep. like it's it's uh unreal it just shows you what a 70 point game could do for it's your crazy. stat line as well right yeah. When you're I think the, Tua is a more interesting conversation, yeah. though, mm-hmm, than, mm-hmm. at least than most are, right? Because Tua is a single player at the position. Um, Tua has had two very, very good games, and then obviously one game that was kind of ho-hum. He's played one very good defense, and he's played two not very good defenses. So, Mike, are you fading Tua this week a little bit? Uh, I have him QB 10, okay, uh, so, so it's, still starting, it's a, it's a but. borderline. But to your point, though, yes, we've seen this kind of a little bit of boom-bust nature based on the matchup, right? 27-plus points in the, two, the Chargers and the Broncos games. We already saw him play the one good defense and he had 12 points. Yeah. And also we've seen him play Buffalo before he's averaging 15 fantasy points per game in four full games against the Bills in his career. They didn't, did not leave injured. Uh, 15 isn't going to crush your week, but that's not oh. a very good number. Ideally, yeah. you want to get around 20 or so. Also, the Bills off to a great start against quarterbacks. The fewest fantasy points allowed. So this is a tough matchup. What else Tua is, new, is right? not a lineup block? The, the Bills just crushing it against opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, what else They're really, there? really good. Yeah. No Jordan Poyer for the Bills. One of their starting safeties, which that doesn't help, but... I don't know that it like dramatically changes my ranking for two. I've got him as quarterback seven. Yeah, look, I mean, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have been maybe the best safety duo in the NFL since Sean McDermott's got there. Yeah. They both signed as like journeyman backups for Green Bay. And I think Poyer bounced around with Philly and Cleveland. Cleveland, yep. These guys, like that looked like, okay, this is going to be a poor, one of the worst safety situations in the league. It's one of the best. Yeah. That just shows you the mastery of Sean McDermott. I have no doubt he'll fill in with someone. Maybe DeMar Hamlin's active this week. We'll oh, yeah, that would make yeah, sense. That'd yep. be cool. I love both of these offenses, but it just feels like because it's a divisional game and these defenses are both pretty good that it's like as much as I want to get a bunch of points, I'm kind of expecting this to be one of those like interdivisional defense is going to grind it out. It's not going to be like the 35 to 34 game that I want it to be because I, I don't feel know like, what to expect. I mean, oh, well, that's, that's part of it. I don't know what to expect. It's but weird. I, it was like that. It was the grinded out game in the two games they played in Buffalo last year. And then the game they played in Miami was a track meet, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's like, which one are you going to get? Is this that week? the home field advantage of Miami? They score a zillion points when playing at home. Ooh, that's a good oh, point. Dolphins going on the road, three out of four to start the season. If they go four and oh, coming out of the gates. Woo. Second, by the way, Seeing as how everybody else is like we've been talking about, why isn't everyone else doing the tush push like uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Yeah, I feel like every other NFL team should start looking at why do we not put everybody else in motion so that they're also at full speed by the time that they do it with like the same way with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's like it's an interesting conversation. So, all right, let's move ahead. Talk about these Eagles, Mike Clay, because DeAndre Swift third in rush attempts over the last two weeks. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought that's the way that they were going to use DeAndre No, not Lions fans. <laughs> wow. Dude, they're three and one, man. You can't No, do I didn't mean it that way. I mean, they didn't see him use that way. Oh, when wow. he was there. Okay. That was not a dig at the Fair Lions. Enough. That's okay. That's okay. Not at the Lions, not at you, all. You uh, no. took the Vikings, though, to win the division, right? So anyways, no, no when comment. you're looking at DeAndre hey, Swift. I took the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. So. Okay. Right. Did you really? Right. Yeah, that's my Super Bowl pick in the AFC. 
They're crushing it. How about that? Who's yeah. yeah. my C-pick. breakout team this year? The Cardinals? Eagles. The Eagles. Oh. Of course it was the Eagles. <laughs> I, come on. I wanted, like, I knew it was going Miami, and then I was like, all right, well, he's Ventura Bowl. I mean, Ooh, gotta, good call. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Good call. Yeah. All right. Is DeAndre Swift a lineup lock? Knowing he's not getting any of this passing game usage, but he's just seen yeah, so oh, yeah. much work on the ground game. Yep. RB14 against Washington, mid pack against running backs so far, but the way he's been utilized, uh, 16 for a buck 30 with Kenny Gainwell back last week, and he only played 54% of the snaps. That number was a lot larger prior to late in the game, and they were up by multiple scores. So he's he seems to have established himself. Maybe his famous last words. He seemed to establish himself. Yeah, you just jinxed it. Good job as the lead back last yeah. week. But mm-hmm. yeah. nice job by you. Yeah, yeah. over the last Start two him. weeks, he's averaging five point two seven yards before first contact. Before contact, that's not yards per carry. Before he's even being touched, and that shows over up on the field for sure. Carry. Sometimes it, it feels like he's even in slow motion coming into the backfield, and it's like th- he's just. Like, I can't believe like how wide no open around these gigantic holes are. Too. If yeah. you have a GM on your team and you ever get the, te- the chance to talk to that GM, your advice to them should just be draft offensive linemen all the as time. As many mm-hmm. as you can. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Phil, let's talk about Jacoby Myers because he has looked fantastic. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he is. Fantastic. Here's Great. the real question, though, for okay. me. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't go because yeah. he has been dealing with concussion symptoms, yep. how are you looking at Jacoby Myers? Is he still a start with a potential backup? I think he's still a start. Now, what I would really like to see if Jimmy G is out is Aiden O'Connell and not Brian Hoyer. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Raiders will start. Jimmy G actually returned to practice on Thursday in a limited capacity, so maybe there's a chance Jimmy G does play on Sunday. If it's not him, though, I want it to be Aiden O'Connell. And the matchup is just too good. Yes. The Chargers defense, I don't know how they stink so much in the second I don't either. They're loaded on They stink like one of my baby's diapers right now. J.C. Jackson's even playing for them. He's literally a healthy scratch. I mean, it's wild. The guy's like one of the highest paid corners in football, and he can't even get on the field for them right now. So anyways, the matchup is just too good. Myers has just been too good. And while Aiden O'Connell is definitely a mystery, given that he hasn't played a single regular season snap before, Look pretty darn good in the preseason, baby. Mm-hmm. Did absolutely. Sure, sure I'd did. be a little bit less optimistic if Brian Hoyer starts, but not to the point that I am not starting Jacoby Myers. Right. Yeah, he's fifth in fantasy points per game so far. He's been terrific, uh, and also suddenly, a, like he was in, he was famous for not scoring touchdowns. All he can he do has, now is score and, touchdowns. Right. In his last five games, he has five touchdowns. Yeah. The dude just can't stop scoring. So, uh, yeah, great matchup. Uh, Chargers, to your point, most fantasy points to receiver so far. Myers, I have 14. Defense. I, I, I don't understand it. I, it's do. crazy that here we are in week four. Again, this is fantasy football. This is how it works. That we're in week four, and I have way more confidence starting Jacoby Myers than I do in Josh Jacobs from the same team with the way that Ooh, Josh Jacobs boy. has started yeah. this year. Yeah, but, I'm going to put it out there just in case anybody is asking. Yes, I am starting Josh Jacobs this week. A good opportunity. A fix-me game, if you will. Right, mm-hmm. Mike? Against the Chargers defense that uh, made Alexander Madison have his best day of the yes. season so far. In Absolutely. Are we going to think about benching Trevor Lawrence here after a couple of mm-hmm. bad weeks? What do you say, Mike? Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll give it to Mike. Mike, there you go. You, you going to bench Trevor Lawrence? Uh, yeah, I am. I have him uh, 17th Holy in my rankings. Cow. Way, way down the ranks. That's a Justin Fields wow. ranking. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fields uh, no. over Lawrence this week. By a lot. 11. Yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been a tough start. Again, the, we talked about this earlier in the week. The Jags are 31st in offensive EPA. Lawrence only has three touchdowns so far this season. His best weekly finish so far is eighth, and it's not like he's had faced the stiffest of competition so far either. Uh, the Falcons so far, 
They have a lot of handful of touchdowns. They haven't faced a lot of competition. So the, it's kind of a neutral matchup right now, in yeah. my opinion. So I'm not worried about that. But I am worried about the play of this offense, which has been very poor. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think that part of this with Trevor Lawrence is a Trevor Lawrence thing when you're watching this? Or is this because this offense leads the NFL and drops that like there yeah. is a part of this that isn't fully on Trevor? They have eight so far this season. That's eight. bad. Eight and three games. Not a lot good last right year, there. too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's uh, it's a concern and uh, probably, you know, I'd have to look deeper at this, but I know the O-line coming into the season was a major concern for me at the ranked 31st. So there's a, a couple there were a couple of red flags. Maybe we should have paid a lot of attention to also new play caller kind yeah. of a surprise at the end of uh, the offseason that Doug Peterson would not be calling plays. We'll see if that changes at some point. But for now, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about this offense. Gina, do you have any analytics for how these Jaguars play at home in London? Ooh, oh, good question. You know what no, I mean? I Kyle Pitts touchdown? We we bet net or no? Oh, that's Guys, true. Outside like, the if it's going to happen, this is where it's going to happen, right? Yeah, he's to score a few. He might score a few and then score zero the rest of the season. That would be perfect. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you guys. If he scores a few, I'll be stoked. If he has like a catch, I'll be stoked on Sunday. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even talking about a touchdown week. catch. I've stopped giving me the pragmatic numbers. <laughs> the guy stinks at fantasy football this right is now. Like the, fantasy the, football. His target share is crazy high and, again, not doing anything with it. I know. I saw the uh, – somebody had the tweet, and I really apologize for not knowing offhand who it was. But somebody was like, if you're looking for the silver lining with Kyle Pitts, it was like – here are the eight important receiving categories, and he's like top ten for every amongst all tight ends. <laughs> like you know, like air yards, target share, yeah. targets, total. Ca- I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. So, uh, the, where's the game at? Uh, in London. It's and, at uh, Wembley, right? They have a receiver with that. Uh, London, maybe. Does London, London have a wide receiver? Oh, Could this be I get London? it. I can't no, start. I don't. Think <laughs> what happens? No. Mike is telling you that he spends hours upon hours studying every available <laughs> statistic and on his computer running these projections a hundred times over. If Drake London is playing in London, start him. Start yeah. him. London and London. That's it. There's a category. If your last name is the same as the city you play in, you start the player. I'm still not going to start him, though. <laughs> I've seen this offense play. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We just, just confused we the just heck out of me. We just went through the whole rigmarole. Because that was all like, fake. That's okay, all. That, all right. was, that was a joke. I'm, not, I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm like at, at 70% of normal today. A little, okay. little off. A little, little yeah. off today. But uh, yeah, not. I don't think we could start Drake London. Do we agree with that? Uh, I am not starting to drink no, on this okay. as well. That's, Field, that's the analysis. Justin Fields plays on a field every week. Are you going to start him this week? Wow, great I call. Am. I am not. I've had him 16th <laughs> in my quarterback rankings. Yeah, that's a um, tough one. As much as it pains me, because I do like the name Justin Fields. Fields yeah. Uh, Fields, oh, uh, hey, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that I know. one's a little um, close to home. Uh, that one is, that's a, uh, God, it does pain me, though, with Justin, because, man, there were a few things more enjoyable last year than the Justin Fields experience for that month where he was the highest scoring yeah. player in fantasy. That we've was awesome. That. At least you know, we've seen that from him. We've seen that high ceiling. Mm. I also think it's very fun. London game starts at 9.30 a.m. And yes. while you're watching that London game field, you yes. can also be watching us on Fantasy Football Now. Yes, you can. So mm-hmm. what you can do is you can tell your friends you're watching the London game, but you can actually watch actually Fantasy watch Football Now and boost our ratings. If you're out there and you live in Hawaii, send us a picture of you watching the game starting at, what, 4.30 local time? Oh, yes. Shout out to you if you put in the hours for a full Sunday in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I used to do that. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I did not like getting up at 6.30 a.m. for football. <laughs> All right, Field Yates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp. Damn, yeah, it is early. It was 6.30 a.m. Yeah, you walked the down to the sports bar. night football being done at like 5 is that part very was alluring to Oh, me. it was mm-hmm. so great. It's so great. Let's talk about... <clears throat> The Dallas Cowboys. 
How about okay. them Cowboys? They were really good the first couple weeks, and then they played the Arizona Cardinals. Right, they ran into the, yeah, the, the buzzsaw. <laughs> that's, yeah, the that's buzzsaw that is the Arizona Cardinals. No, more seriously, the Cardinals have certainly been impressive this season in terms of maximizing every ounce of talent they have available. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been impressed. Now mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys goes up against the New England Patriots. Not a bad defense in their own right, Mike Clay. Are you trusting Dak Prescott, or would you bench him this week? Absolutely not. The Cowboys are, yeah, they got upset last week, but regard, whether they win or lose, Dak Prescott has not been a fantasy option. Big letdown last week. Big yeah. letdown. Zero top 16 fantasy showings this season. Ugh, he has really? three touchdowns in three games. Under 255 passing yards in every game. Only has 44 rushing yards. Yeah. Like, how can how many more ways you need? Also, they're playing the Patriots, who are terrific, generally on the defensive side of the football. I believe the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, which is interesting. Because they faced, yes, Zach Wilson, but also Jalen Hurts and Tua. Yeah. And they've, oh, wow. held, they've held all three below 13 fantasy points. So you're telling me you want to play Dak? I mean, if I'm outside of my top 20, Do we he's think not even close. Days and, of him being a start. Okay, good. And the, they ruined my eliminator season, too. Oh, and that. <laughs> a lot of, oh, my God. Yes. Are the days of <laughs> Dak of being a fantasy starter behind us, you guys think? Maybe. I think he's, right now, he's just a streamer, maybe when the matchup's good, but we saw we thought we had a good matchup last week. Yeah, I should have clarified. So. Like, you know, like, when I consider a, a fantasy like a starter, like, hey, every week I'm, yes, oh, a no, lineup no, 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 block. No. It seems like maybe those days are behind us for yeah, Dak Prescott. Yeah, because he wasn't right? that last year either. He was yeah. like, what, 14th points per game last year? Yeah, so, and he's yeah. not running that much anymore, right. and uh, while the Cowboys do obviously have very good receivers, they seem to run the football enough that it's like, the volume's not going to mm-hmm. be there as a thrower, He's not going to run that much. I don't know. Weird times right now. If you have Dak Prescott, if he is your starting quarterback, I would suggest pivoting elsewhere yes. or else your season could be going by the wayside. That's a really, really tough one there because not, not even been a top 16 quarterback one mm-hmm. time, Mike. That's not something I was expecting. Nope. All right. Let's talk about the Steelers running backs. Is there a chance that you're starting either one of them? Because if you are, you're not feeling good about it, Field. But if, like, I can make a case for not putting either one of them in my starting lineup this week. Uh, I do not want either of them in my starting lineup. But in, to me, in some ways, that isn't even the point. The point is that, like, we're talking about, like, it's not about which one I would start necessarily. It's like Najee Harris is no longer a lineup block. The guy who freaking led the NFL in touches and running back targets two years ago is now unplayable in fantasy. And what's the reason to believe that it's going to get better and stay better going forward? That's the question that I have. It can get better. We talked about this with like Deshaun Watson last week. It can get better because the matchup was so good. Mm -hmm. Maybe Joe Burrow gets better this week for a weekend against the Titans because the matchup is just so good. But if Najee Harris is going to be seeding valuable opportunities in the passing game to Jalen Jalen Warren and not playing nearly the number of snaps as he was playing two seasons Mm -hmm. ago. How can we count on Najee being a consistent top 15 running back threat? I have each of them. Here's where I have them ranked this week. Najee running back 28, Jalen Warren running back 29. I would prefer Mm -hmm. to not play either of them against the Texans on Sunday. I'm with you, but if you want an excuse to fire them up, one of them, yeah, I would still lean toward Harris. He had 19 carries. He's also a slight edge in terms of usage. Uh, again, he had 19 carries last week. That's helpful for yeah. Najee Harris. And also the matchup. To your point, if there's a chance for him Great to kind of get yes. pointed in the right direction, it's here against Houston. Fifth most fantasy points and five touchdowns allowed to running backs this season. They allowed 17 plus points to Travis Etienne and Zach Moss and also a combined 30 to the Baltimore Ravens backfield, the, the combination of the trail. A chance. So maybe there's a chance. Of course, they could split 24 points down the middle, 12 and 12, and it's not really helpful in fantasy. So uh, I don't, it, it's tough. I mean, again, I have them ranked about where you do. I don't feel good about it, but there is some sort of hope maybe that they're, they're, they can hang on and at least put up enough points to get you by for this week, but it's a tough spot. Do you ever notice this? 
like Mike will say something to give you some hope uh-huh. and then he'll snatch it away from you right, right away. It's like, just the voice of reason. That's you what know, I do 24 here. points could happen. <gasps> they could also be split. How about four ways? <sighs> like, you know, uh, they, they could re-sign Derek Watt right now. He could Stop. score a one-yard touch, a rushing touchdown. Well, here's what I'll say. I think that both running backs, I'll put this on the board right now. Both of these running backs will outscore Aaron Jones this week. Wow. wow. You, Ooh, my wow. friend. Go back to Twitter and hang out in that cesspool. Yeah, seriously. That was mean. I'll tell you what. Both of these <laughs> running backs. Exactly. That's why I said it. I mean, what? I think I really feel like. I'm sorry. The best part is like, I think one person saw a response and I, I replied to that, that response. That's tough. Saying like, hey, Field, like, thank you for, uh, I, I followed your advice on Aaron Jones and uh, I started him and now my wife is leaving me. And I replied <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And now other people have started to reply. <laughs> They feel like my marriage is in shambles. Uh, so I apologize. I will not foot the, the bill Aaron for Jones. divorce lawyers. I'm sorry that people are having a tough time right now. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm sorry for Aaron Jones. I didn't mean to. I didn't think he would have 1.4 fantasy points tonight. Here's the thing. Last night. I am starting. I am starting Jalen Warren if I'm starting one of them over Najee Harris. And there's a reason. Najee. Okay. Najee Harris. Be in your DMs. It's because through three games, Jalen Warren has 16 targets and okay. Najee has six. There's zero you. passing game usage, and it's not like Najee mm-hmm. is getting goal line usage right now because mm. neither one of them are getting mm. goal line usage. Yeah. Like, it kind of eliminates that from my my thought process. So this week, if I'm diving in, like, I just want the guy that's catching passes because Najee looks so inefficient. Yeah, I've they, never felt less excited about a board bet. But do you want to just board bet these two because we need a board bet for this week? You know what? Let's do it. Why not? Why not? What do you think, Mike? Like, you right, yeah, I'll do it. Do you want to be in or no? Yeah, I was going to give some stats why I'm not as hopeful on Warren, but I'm not going to do that now if we're doing a board bet. Yeah, let's I'm do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm on the Najee side. I say Najee. You want to join me on this one, yeah, Mike? Or no? Okay. I, I say, say Najee Harris, Harris outscores, outscores Jalen Warren, Warren in week, week four. four. I say Jalen Warren outscores Najee Harris in week four. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. All right. So, uh, yeah. So just for the people listening, since that's who we're serving here, under 13 fantasy points in every game so far, he's been in the 8 to 11 touch range in every game Are you talking about well. Najee or are you talking about talking about Warren. Oh, okay. Uh, what about Warren? Najee? Has Najee been under 13 no, points in every game? No, he's been under 6.5. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but oh, the point God. of that is just like yeah. neither of them are good. Neither like, one of them are It's hard to really that's hype fair. either one up. Uh, oh, man. I'll tell you what. I've been hearing some hype around this Tutu Atwell kid. Mm. You trust in him with Matthew Stafford, understanding that he doesn't get the kind of volume that we see from Puka Nakua, but like he is certainly a deep shot that Matthew likes here, Field. He, he keeps getting opportunities, and his cold secondary is super inexperienced. So I need to be higher on Tutu Atwell than I am right now. Mike Clay is the only smart one here. He's got him as wide receiver 28, but yeah. That might be um, low. Really? You think so? Really? He's 14th this season. He's, he's been excellent. Yeah. He has been excellent. Um, and I, yeah, I, he is totally like he's been one of the better waiver wire ads so far this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm impressed by Tutu Atwell. I give the Rams a ton of, uh, of credit here be, and, and the player as well, because what basically two full loss seasons for Tutu Atwell. How many guys are virtual non-factors for two? Is it three seasons in? Uh, no, I think this is his third season. Third season. So he's on the, you know, the, tra- the trajectory here is uh, Tyler Boyd. Same thing. There you like go. He was, oh, he was a healthy scratch at times his second yeah. year and ended up panning out as a, one of the better slot uh, receivers in the NFL. Do you know who was bad early in his career as well? And it feels crazy to say this now. Devontae Adams used to be bad. That's a good call. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think he was actually bad, but like Packers fans, I'm not, 
I shouldn't say Packers fans. People that watch the games were like, what is going on with this guy? You're right. He had a lot Which of props. And a stuff. far yeah, cry yeah. from where we are right now when mm-hmm. the man is one of the best players on the planet. Just a reminder that not everybody is like, you know, B. John Robinson, where the second they become a player in the NFL, they just absolutely mash they it. Rush it. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. By the way, Atwell, in the 15 to 18 fantasy point range in all three games so far this season, the Colts struggling against receivers so far. So it is a good matchup. He's seen a lot of volume. Yeah. Offense is He's playing like well enough. Warren plus Najee Harris combined in one player. Yeah, but that plays he, receiver and weighs like 150 pounds. <laughs> I will right. say this though: this is Week Four, which means potentially Cooper cut back in Week Five. This is yes, be the last game of the amazing. Nakua Atwell yep. show. Here we'll see. I think the Nakua show continues. I, I think do there's too. still I do several too. seasons left. Um, Atwell might be the odd man out. Sounds like there's a chance. We talked about this yesterday. A chance on Cooper Cup. Wouldn't guarantee it for week mm-hmm. five by any stretch, but perhaps a chance. I feel like uh, my big takeaway, Mike, from yesterday, uh, from the comments from Sean McVay on Wednesday, was mm-hmm. that like the tone sounds pretty good, right? Like it didn't sound like we were going to wait until week 10 to see Cooper Cup. It mm-hmm. seems like we could see him over the next couple or th- maybe two or three weeks. Yeah, here. we should mention it's not just Cup. It's all the guys that started on PUP or... Yep, like, you got guys yeah, like they, Jonathan Taylor yep, certainly yep. on that list as well. Week five uh, is a big one. Yep. yep. Very big one. All right, we got one mailbag question here that we're going to dive into. Okay, I'm ready from our dude Jake Chavez says, I just got offered Brees Hall for DeAndre Swift straight up. While hesitating for a second, I ultimately pulled the trigger. For whatever reason, the others in my league are attacking me as if I am completely outlandish for accepting that trade. Can you please let the rest of my league know if you would have also done this deal and why it makes sense for the rest of the season? At least he didn't trade for Aaron Jones before last night's game. Am I right? High five. Wow. Honestly, Failed. like, is there any way to eject you from this chair right now? I'm and just reading your mentions you again. Just, yeah. I've been, look, I've been reading nothing. Like, my timeline is ruined. This it's is your just, fault. It's uh, like I had. To, I actually muted that conversation this morning because it was just so many replies that people just so destroying good. you. I was is, just speaking on your behalf when I said to start Aaron Jones. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we probably all ranked him in the same range. I mean, it was, for, uh, we all had him was inside our top. Look, I I started Christian Watson in one league last night, and I got very lucky that he scored a touchdown. Yeah, you got. I pushed him in the other with a touchdown. Yeah, he got. Um, um, but anyway, I would prefer. So the question is, would you prefer Brees Hall or DeAndre Swift? Jake acquired season. Brees Hall for the rest yeah, even, of the it, season. It's not even like advice. It's just, is this egregious? Yeah. I think the answer is no. It's not I don't egregious. think it's egregious. No, I think, you know, this is such a, this is um, one of those things. that if you state it like definitively in week four, like, oh my God, you absolutely fleece mm-hmm. this person with DeAndre Swift. How would this trade look after week one of the regular season when DeAndre Swift was an accessory for the Eagles in their week one win over the Patriots? Meanwhile, Brees Hall was the best offensive player on the field in a game against the Buffalo Bills that the Jets won. So um, I don't think it's a fleecing. I think these players, no. you know, you're very optimistic that Brees Hall will eventually get close to 100 percent. And Mike has mentioned this several times. The Jets schedule will soften up a little bit Mm -hmm. defensively. Like they will not be playing the Bills and the Patriots and the Cowboys and the Chiefs every four games for the rest of the year. I do think there is some optimism for Brees Hall. Um, Now, it's and I think that the downside is like fairly comparable for both of them. Right. Because while Swift's offense is excellent and the offensive line is great, I don't know, like. It's also possible because of the fact that Kenneth Gainwell won the job going into the season that Swift could be once again relegated to a smaller role. I think it's a lower likelihood of that than Brees Hall in this Jets offense continuing to stink all season. 
but it's at least in play. I don't think it's a terrible trade. Yeah, and does Swift hold up in this role? This is a guy that's never had this sort of workload. He's yep. always missed games. He's never had a season where he's been fully healthy. So yep. there's reasons why you might say, you know what, I'm going to move. I'm essentially sell high on DeAndre Swift. Yep. If that's what you're doing here, and you're going to say, all right, Brees Hall played a season nine snaps last week. The schedule will be easier as this ramps up. He could potentially be a league winner in the second half. If that's your target here, it makes perfect sense. Yep. So I think it could prove to be a savvy move. It's, uh, it's a little risky. Fine. I'm totally fine with it. But the, again, the question is, is this like an egregious move that ruins the league and everyone's up? No, it should not upset anyone. That's a, a viable strategy. He has yep. a plan in mind, and I think it's fine. More questions. Field at fantasyfocus.org. That's field at fantasyfocus.org. So I mentioned how many yards before first contact DeAndre Swift had. Okay. Do you guys know where Brees Hall is at this season? I'm going to guess at the other end yeah, of the 0. spectrum. 0.7. 4.69. What? That high? You That's, know what, though? Is it because of that one long yeah, one run that long, he had? Was, untouched yeah. <laughs> run where that can really skew the that numbers number. that early in the season. Because he had the, was it 81-yard run? And he wasn't touched until he basically until got, he got tackled, tackled out of bounds. Right. So like it's like, that. you know, if you get 81 it's and like you've got... yards you before first contact, did a lot. Yeah. Hey, I just did said numbers. Numbers never lie. No, they Clay. All right, Daniel. Mike Clay and Field Jays back here on Fantasy Focus Football, and we are diving into our starts of the week. Yep. Field Jays, we're talking about guys that are flex plays, not obvious starts, guys yeah. that you can throw into your flex part, into your flex roster. Who is it that you want to talk about this week? I got a feeling on Adam Thielen. How about Ooh. this? Adam Thielen, the old man, the old hat who gets old the job done. 33-year-old well, user. Is, what, how would you describe him in, like, in your uh, age scale? Is he... He's in the, like, the 99th percentile of old. Of old. Yeah. <laughs> like extremely old. <laughs> yeah, like how many... There's like three 30-plus-year-old receivers in the league and that are like playing, like starting. Okay. And he's on the list. It's like he's him. He's one and, of them. Like, he's certainly the oldest, right? Yeah. It would be like Hopkins is like 31. Yeah. Keenan it's Allen like, is 30. Keenan Allen's 31. That's probably yeah, it, that's, right? That's like it. Not many more beyond relevant. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb? He's probably up Yeah, there. he's, I mean, he's, yeah. He's Different category. For sure. yeah. 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 Not um, playing, not not a top 10 receiver so far this season. Which is exactly what, uh, is that, is that appealing now in the top 10? Yeah, I think he's six. Sixth, yeah. That's wow. absurd. Now, one or two big games. One big game can really influence that, but. Well, two. Um, yeah, he's had two good ones. Two, two, yeah. good, two good games for Adam Thielen and uh, Bryce Young expected back this week. Don't know that the quarterback really matters as far as Adam Thielen's output, but a great matchup. Yes. This Vikings defense revenge game. a lot like the one that Adam Thielen practiced against last year, which could not stop anybody. So great opportunity, both in terms of the volume and the matchup here for Adam Thielen. I'm sure there'll be a lot of emotions on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There will be no better feeling for Adam Thielen Ooh. than finding the end zone. So give me Adam Thielen. That's my start of the week. Love right, that. Like it. Mike, who do you have? All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Jahan Dotson, actually. I'm going down the, down the ranks a little bit here, feeling good about this because I think Darius Slay will shadow uh, Terry McLaurin in this game as mm. he has did in both games last year. Now, Terry McLaurin had two of his better games, actually. Uh, yeah. For a long time, Slay had his number last year. That was not uh, the case. It's been a slow start for Dotson, but he is playing 88% of the snaps. He has 16 targets in three games so far. Hasn't scored yet. I thought this was interesting. His average depth of target has basically been cut in half from last year. They're really? trying to manufacture more touches. Yeah. It's not just situational deep threats. So uh, that's interesting. But also, James Bradbury, we saw the switch for Philly. Big switch. James Bradbury not playing the perimeter now. Yeah, with Devontae Maddox on IR. He moved to the slot. And enter Josh Job, which, interesting, has local ties from Miami, is Josh Job. He went to Cheshire Academy, which is my hometown no up here. In yeah. Went to, went to high school at Cheshire Academy in Cheshire uh, and for four years, and then went to Alabama and played there. And now he's uh, went undrafted. He's with the Eagles, and he's starting now for the Eagles. So Do you think story. that that will continue 
or do you think that James Bradbury moving inside last week was a byproduct of the idea that Chris Godwin might be in there more? Uh, well, Godwin is playing outside, though. I, I know, mean, it's a little bit of inside around. inside. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he's inside and outside because they're using Trey Palmer a lot and, and Tompkins. It depends who's on the field. Uh, I don't know. I did think about that as well, but I think they're just more, more comfortable with Joe outside and he's their third best corner. And then Bradbury's inside. Also, you have Curtis Samuel as well. So I don't know who you're more afraid of. Probably Dotson. But, I would think Dotson. Yeah, <laughs> but great. But that's a deep cut right there. I respect it. How about that? Dotson's right? not been good so far. This I just keep hearing yeah, you so say sorry. Job and I'm just thinking about arrested development over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> it's like, oh, I made a terrible choice. Yeah. How about uh, you, Daniel? I'm going to go with Nico Collins here, Nico. guys. A bounce back. All right. I'm I like bounce this. back for yeah. Nico Collins. Here's part of it. They're taking on the Steelers. You know what the Steelers do well? They get after Rush the quarterback the oh, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. I'm looking at ways where it's probably not going to be Tank Dell that I think has as many targets in this game because he's the guy that's getting the deep PPR points. I like Nico as someone that hopefully be able to be able to get the ball out quickly. And honestly, I, like, I think you could start any of these three Texans wide receivers. Robert Woods, Tank Dell, and Nico Collins, all three of them are getting volume here. All three of them have 15 receptions on the season. Like... This is nice balance right there. It really is. Uh, so uh, if I'm going to grab one, I like Nico as a bounce back because he's the guy I think is the talented one as a big six foot four guy in this offense. But wow, Tank Dell not talented. Tank Dell Courtesy is talented. Of- he's also five foot eight. Like there's a, there is a part where I it's like, like between those two things. It's like I like the big guy here. Yeah. I do love the Steelers defense though. It's They're like good. maybe the top defense of the week mm-hmm. because the Texans every time I turn, it's another offensive line injury. It's wild right this now. This will be huge to see what CJ Stroud does this week against a tough Steelers defense because yeah. he yeah. has looked really good through three weeks. And if he does it again here, I think we're going to start feeling like CJ Stroud might be That'll the real be a deal. Monday headline that we were talking about on Friday. Absolutely. Have you watched a score report yet, Mike? Uh, this week's I have not seen this week's i wasn't on it so it's not as much of a priority as usual Get but on it we had a fun one this week go check out uh, the scoreboard right now was on it. go check out Thursday. the last that one was, okay. was fun i've we, seen better we did uh we did a fun song called throw me some tds taylor's excuse me travis's version it's uh it's a lot of fun so go All check right. that out yes. we love you guys good luck here this week we'll see you in week five bye hey you didn't do taylor jokes with me i wrote a taylor article i know it was so you were so Long. far out of the curve, Mike. <laughs> I was, right? I was out in front of that. I knew she'd be in 20-plus stadiums this year. That's what was it that? was. Yeah, see? If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guide. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact Every hater's gonna yate Cause he's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host and everybody knows